Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata, Mike. Uh, you know, we were planning on the schedule was going to be a little different when we were recording this week. Just a little background on that. We were planning on doing a Tuesday podcast to talk about the Monday Night Football game, just like we do at the end of every Bengals game. But we moved it to Tuesday just because Monday Night Football normally games are, are over pretty late. Um, with everything happening, we decided against recording yesterday just to hopefully get more updates on the Mar Hamlin situation and, and hopefully, um, you know, getting more good news uh, from UC Medical over the next few days. We also wanted to just kind of talk about the last 24 to 48 hours in Cincinnati. Um, I mean, I, I, it's a difficult situation uh, if you go back to, to that day in general, to be completely honest with you. Uh, this game, there was so much expectations when you think about this game circled on the calendar on January 2nd, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, what this game is going to mean, the hype around the city, the pregame atmosphere, what it felt like in Paycor Stadium that day, the first few minutes of the first quarter, and then all of a sudden, it just, it, it stopped, and it got scary. It went from probably the loudest I've ever heard a stadium to you could hear a pen drop. And you know when you see an ambulance on a field, you see a stretcher out there, things become really serious. Uh, I just want to kind of start with Damar Hamlin right now. You know, the news we do have from the Buffalo Bills is there's improvement, but he's still in the ICU. He's in critical condition. Uh, I know there's a lot of prayers going on for him and, we're hoping for the best news and updates again as as these next few days uh, move along. But I want to start with you right now. You know, it's it's a difficult topic. Yeah, uh, that shocked that shocked me. I I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I think a lot of former players have said it, but I mean it's true. Even if it's almost always get that thumbs up, and it just you know they're alive <laughs> that's never seen anything like that where you don't know and um it, it was serious whiplash to go the game was everything everybody was hoping it would be everything it was living up to the hype and what everybody made it out like that never happens that never lives up to the hype or anything but first drive joe burrow is an assassin he's precise he's accurate he's smart he's moving the ball really well i'm like ah, this is awesome and the cool designs and all sort of stuff and i feel like i can't really talk about it because you know it happens but and then on the other side josh allen's doing really well too like 
he was playing superhero ball. And, and yeah, Cole Beasley dropped a pass. that was a little bit high and whatever. They get a field goal. But I thought they did a really good job moving the ball too. And with their designs, they got Stephon Diggs on, on Logan Wilson, which he actually beat him on like uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they did a good job running the ball. And it was just like, okay, this this is going to live up to be the 35-32 prediction type thing. But obviously it didn't happen. Um, yeah, person DeMar Hamlin, um, it, it's weird for me being somebody who works in Pittsburgh and lives near Pittsburgh. I actually know McKee's Rocks. It's, it's not the nicest area, but he made it out and he gives back to that community. And it, hearing all his family and his charity – and all that stuff just shows what kind of person he is. Um, blown away also just by the amount of money that's gone to the charity. And I'm sure it'll keep going up. But last I checked, it was over $5 million. It might be even higher now. It is? It is? It's over that's, $6 million. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, that community could use it. And, you know, he lived the dream. And made it out he got to play football for a living and it could all be taken away from him and i feel like that's i don't know that's really heartbreaking and painful um hope he's all right hope he makes it out of everything all right i'm glad that there's been positive updates even if they're not specific i don't care about specific i just want to hear he's doing better and i really am waiting for the moment where you know he sees what happened with his charity? He sees all the love and support he's gotten, how he's like a household name. He's got the number one jersey in the world right now. Um, I just want I just want him to see all the happiness that can come from this um devastating event. I want to go back just a little bit because we've heard from quarterback Joe Burrow and head coach Zach Taylor today. We really didn't know what this week this week was gonna look like for Cincinnati if they were gonna go back to practice today, and that's what they did. They had a walkthrough. Uh, it wasn't a full practice. And we normally hear from Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor on Wednesdays. We did hear from Zach Taylor, but the players were going to be to be determined. And then a few minutes ago, they announced Joe Burrow was going to be talking to the media. And that night, you know, I, we, we've talked about it plenty and there's plenty of videos and you see the introductions and things like that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, taking that in, I didn't know a whole lot what was going on because we're sitting there and as you I, mentioned oh go ahead uh, i was just gonna say i remember the tua situation because i went to that game yeah you don't you don't know anything at, on the field like when you're in the stands and it's a good thing they don't show all the replays and stuff they didn't show too many with this one but yeah i, I i'll say i understand where you're coming from because i had i remember when Tua got hurt i thought it was his leg or something because right? i just had no idea i was like oh he's down oh no and then Everybody else knows what's going on, but you can continue. Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, it was one of those things where all of a sudden you see a stretcher out there. And I and I, I want to say this because I think anybody who watches the NFL, we're kind of conditioned to hits. And unfortunately, even when a stretcher's out there, you're like, oh, no, I hope he's okay. And he'll give us a thumbs up and didn't think twice about it. But then as the length of time and then an ambulance comes out there, Still, it's starting to hit a lot of people when you see the whole team gathered around him, almost making a, a, a wall 
when it was Buffalo Bills players. And then some of the Bengals players started to come up. And I thought, wow, this might be more serious than, than we think. This isn't a concussion, which originally I just always think it's going to be something like that. So everybody's trying to get on their phones. And when a whole entire stadium is trying to get on their phones, the service is going to be really terrible. So we're all just trying to figure out what's going on, asking strangers, like, do you have an update? Do you know what's going on? And I'm getting texts from my mom from home who's saying this is a very serious, this is a very scary thing that they just showed on TV. Uh, things aren't looking great right now. And you're just wondering, like, oh, my goodness, is, is he is he going to be OK? Uh, you know, thankful for the medical professionals on the sideline. They were able to get him out of there. And then, like, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm hoping we can continue to get good updates on DeMar. But it, it was just one of those things where it paused and you look at the video boards and it just says this game has been suspended. And it just kind of hits you a little bit that this game, they're they're not playing right now. And this is an injury when an ambulance is going off and you can hear the sirens right outside of the stadium knowing it was the ambulance that was just in there. And you think, okay, he's going to get to the hospital and we're going to get a great update. And then you see Joe Burrow and you see the players start to engage with each other and you see hugs and you see tears and you see prayers. And all of a sudden when they were going to their sidelines, you could see the officials talking to McDermott but then they came over to talk to Zach Taylor. And that's when I thought, okay, there's some, they're not going to play this game. And then Zach Taylor walking across the field later, we find out, you know, they just kind of made a mutual decision when, when, you know, McDermott said, I got to go to the hospital. I need to be with DeMar. And Zach was like, of course, like we can't, we can't play this game. And to hear the stories from the locker room from Joe Burrow today and Zach Taylor to know that they go into their locker rooms and they still didn't know if the game was going to continue. And Zach, Joe went up to Zach and he told him, hey, us captains, we want to go to the Bills locker room. And, and Zach didn't really know how to, he's like, can we do that? Is that going to be okay? So he went over to the Bills locker room and he talked to them and he said, hey, Joe and, and the captains really want to want to see your captains. They want to have a conversation with you guys. And the biggest conversation was because they wanted to offer support, but they also wanted to tell them, hey, we don't want to go back out there. You know, you guys don't want to go back out there. And they just kind of had that support and discussion of each other. And it just is kind of crazy how everything stopped for a second. I think Cheeto said it best on his Twitter account when he said, you know, remember, we're humans. We're all humans. You make millions of dollars out there, but things like this can, can happen and they just stop. And we don't experience stuff like this, this real life stuff on a field where someone, you know, isn't is, is moving for a second or struggling for their life. And it just is absolutely wild where everything just stops. And it reminds you, yeah, winning the AFC North, getting the number one seed, getting the two, none of that mattered. This big game that we talked about all the whole entire season of what it could be on Monday Night Football, none of it mattered. And it just got real. And, and oh, it just in, in those moments where it brought everyone together, it just made me so grateful for a guy like Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, the Bills sideline, Bills head coach, medical staff, everyone there to be like, man, these are this is the, the people you want on your on your team. Yeah. Um, medical staff obviously deserves so much mm -hmm. credit. It's heroes. Um, it's a reminder wherever you work to know if you have an AED or how to use one, if you don't, I'm sure you could talk to your employer and everything. I've had to learn how to use that a few times for my job, but um, it saved his life and CPR obviously helps too. But 
uh, those things are fantastic. They did a great job. Uh, the medical staff did a great job. One person I haven't seen really get enough credit and every second counts. I'm sure, you know, people will be over there. Somebody else would have done it like a second or so later, but uh, Joe Mixon actually jumped up and screamed and waved uh, and seeing something was really wrong because I've never seen somebody get up and fall down like that right after. Uh, and I think that's one of those things, you know, it's different. Something's really wrong and he's screaming, jumping and waving the medical staff on. So I haven't seen him really get any credit for that, but yeah, he did a really good job and a noble thing. And and it was probably just a reaction to seeing it, but you know, he, he, the seconds count and he could be a big reason that DeMar is able to make it. And I think he deserves a little bit more credit. Um, but obviously most of the credit goes to the medical staff who actually you know, did save his life. Yeah. When you mentioned that, that's a really good point. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, we wanted to know what happened while we were there and there was enough service. Someone had a replay on their phone and I, I've watched it once because I there's no it's not necessary to ever watch again. And I noticed that you, you watch the reaction of it and you see the get up and then you see him fall down. And Joe is the one that just says, hey, like obviously knows something's not right right now. And he does call them over. And just hearing from the NFL when they're talking about the medical staff and saying that 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 could have possibly, and, and obviously we're still waiting for good news. He's, he's currently still at UC Medical Center, and, and we don't know um, the latest update just from the last few hours. You're you're hearing improvement. You're hoping all of that, um, you know, turns out best so DeMar can see what, what the world is doing for him right now. I hope he gets to do that because it's pretty incredible. Um, but just everybody, the way the way it, it worked on both sides. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people on ESPN over the last few days and they say, you know, when something like that happens, if you're not in a hospital, you want to be on a football field because of all the medical staff that are going to be on the sideline and all the attention that you're going to get from, from everybody you need at that very moment. And we saw it, we saw it from both sides. And uh, it's just, it's one of those things that it, we talk about being, I talked about being kind of conditioned to injuries in the NFL and just knowing how scary it can be. We've been plenty with the concussion conversations that we hear about Tua and other players out there, ACL injuries and everything like that. But when it's, when it's something like that and it happening right there and everyone, everyone, everyone saw it. And it's just, it's a scary situation. And, and what's, what's really, uh, it just makes everyone humans is you, when you hear from Joe Burrow today and he was really honest and opened up about the situation when talking about playing and playing this game coming up on Sunday. And again, something we'll talk about on tomorrow's podcast. And he said, maybe some guys in the locker room don't, aren't ready to play. And he says it is tough to go out there, but for him, it's, it's the routine of getting back into things again. And of course, they're going to have different emotions when they go back on the field. He doesn't know how he's going to feel on Sunday when he's out there. And it was just very honest of like, that was real life. And for 48 hours, that was the only thing that he was thinking about. He said this today was the first day that I ever thought about the Baltimore Ravens until he got back into PayCor. Um, it's mostly just been telling his teammates after the game. He said, I went in there and I told all of them how much I how much they mean to me. And just being around loved ones and, and focusing on, you know, Damar and, and well wishes. And of course I want to get to T Higgins in just a little bit, but just to hear players be vulnerable and show you 
how much that impacted him. And I'll say one more thing before I, I keep rambling on, but he was asked about his hug with Josh Allen. And it was obviously the screen grabs of it. Josh is um, emotional, which of course makes sense. And, and Joe, you could tell he was too. And he was asked about that moment because Josh Allen is one of his friends, somebody he's worked out with in the off season. He said, it, it impacted me too. And he said, look, I, I personally didn't know Damar, but we're all brothers in the NFL. We all do this together. And it impacted him. And you could tell hearing Joe talk today uh, in his press conference that this has really, you know, hit hit this team in Cincinnati hard too and Buffalo. And when asked if, if he was going to play the game against Buffalo, and he's like, look, it's whatever Buffalo wants to do. And it's it's 100% what they want to do, and, and we'll decide that it's just something that they they personally don't know right now. And I just I feel like I just could really appreciate that Joe just opened up to everyone. He didn't have to be open about everything about that moment on Monday night, but he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, the two images that will probably be in my brain forever are the Josh Allen Joe Burrow hug, but then yeah, the other one that is trick. Tredavious White crying into Mitch Morse and just the reactions to of everybody. Um, I'll be there and it scares me because it, it was such a routine play and I keep seeing the why and that it's such a freak thing, one in a billion chance, maybe even more long shot than that. But such a routine play. It happened earlier in the in the Bills drive. Stephon Diggs braces for contact, lowers his shoulder a little bit, and makes contact with a corner. It, the Bengals have probably had that specific type of tackle happen 300 times this season. Maybe I'm a little over exaggerating, but a ton. Like you take a little contact into the chest, you both go down, you both get up. It's <sighs> not what happened. And that's, I, I, I know injuries and these things can happen at any moment, but I guess the thing that really freaked me out was just, Usually it's a big hit and you go, oh, oh no. Or you could see like, oh, his head hit the ground. Oh no. This was such a routine thing. And then to see DeMar get up and immediately just go completely limp and fall back down. I don't know. That messes with me a little bit. It's a little scary. It, it's a reminder of how violent football is. It's, I don't know, just um, stuck with me. Um but yeah, just really hoping DeMar makes a full recovery. And if you guys have the means and you haven't donated to his GoFundMe, make sure I've retweeted it. I'm sure if you Googled it, maybe Nick can put it in the show notes or something. Um, so that way you can donate if you have the means, you know, it's not, not telling you to, but if you have the means and you want to do something really nice, then make a donation to his charity. Just imagine that thing gets to like 10 million, what the reaction is from him or when he wakes up. I think uh, just kind of saying what Demar right now, wasn't familiar with Demar Hamlin before the game. I just, I just really wasn't until, of course, everything happened and you read about him, and you see everything that he does off the field, all of his interviews. Hearing Tyler Boyd, you know, obviously had a relationship with him, um, going to Pitt, and he was actually at Tyler Boyd's football camp 
over the off season too, Cal Aldeminus. Um, I'm butchering his last name right now. I apologize, Cal. Um, but just knowing, you know, hearing different players around the league talk about what they knew from Demar in college, early on, obviously in his NFL career, and I always think that really is so telling about a guy because you're like, man, this guy's incredible. And he's going to do huge things. And maybe it, is, it won't be on the, it, you know, even if it wasn't on the NFL field, it was going to be off of it because he just seems like an incredible human being. And I just think it speaks volumes from what you're seeing on the outside of other NFL players talking about him. And even guys that didn't know him, the guys who are supporting, the guys who are donating around the league and talking about him. I think it's just really incredible and speaks volumes about what, what DeMar, you know, has done already. Two things. Um, one, I, I loved the video of him and his charity where, I mean, he's not just like giving the toys out and, you know, signing a few things. He's like playing basketball with the kids. He's tying their new shoes. He's, you know, riding a bike with them and all, all this other stuff. That's like, he's actually really getting into it. And the second thing is he's had that charity for three years. He's been in the NFL for two years. So he started that when he was still in college. And I think that's so cool. That's not, that's not a, I'm in the NFL. I, I should have a charity type thing. It's, I really believe in giving back to my community and um, I don't know. It speaks to him as a person. I've heard he's such a great glue guy for the locker room. He's a six round pick that worked his way up to being a key player on this defense. And he's played really well. It's family oriented. He hugs his He hugged his mom before the game. He talks to them before every game hearing about him as the person is you know it he just seems like such a light in what isn't always you know the brightest group i don't know that i think he's he kind of shines as like a joyous and caring individual yeah i i truly believe that hearing from a spokesman for his family earlier today um one of the things about this the ugly side of social media where people not it wasn't it, it's out there i hate seeing it you know it's going to happen especially when it's it's a hit or, or something that happens we talked about it before this was a routine hit it can happen to anybody out there it happens all the time in an nfl game when you take a hit like that and obviously this one was different for him personally um and it just it just it's it it wasn't intentional at all and you have those people who are speaking up and and it's always the random people on social media and, and the bart scotts who shouldn't be on tv personally who, who make it about T Higgins. Um, I think it's so ignorant and, and so wrong because right now you pray for Damar, you pray for his teammates, you pray for his family, pray for T Higgins. You pray for all the players involved that night who experienced that. And I just didn't feel like that was necessary, but hearing from his family, um, they, they had a good quote today that said, you know, if you're, if you're praying for Damar and, and, and you're, you know, rooting for him, you 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 can't be saying things about T Higgins. You can't, and they feel awful about what happened. T Higgins has actually reached out to the family several times, um, been really supportive, and um, you know feels terrible about what happened. And I just I don't like that side of it. Um, I really do appreciate his family for speaking up and just saying like, hey, that's that isn't you're not rooting for Demar if you're doing that stuff. Um, you know, you hopefully that 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 stuff has come to an end and show support to T because this this can't be easy for an NFL player. As we've mentioned before, it was routine. It was a routine hit. The second you stop playing fast and confident, you open yourself up to more injuries. If he's really just bracing for contact there and it protects him, 
it really protects the defender for the most part. I know this was a freak thing, but once you you don't play fast, you don't protect yourself, you think too much. That's when that's when bad things can happen. I always think, and this is a basketball thing, um, but I always had a coach that said uh, when you're walking over uh, to pick up the basketball, somebody else is diving, and that's that's your legs. So always play fast, always play confident, always sprint. You know. I don't know. You protect yourself by playing like that, by by bracing the, you know, covering the ball, bracing for contact, taking the contact. He's not, that was the most ridiculous thing, using his helmet as a weapon when he's just covering the ball and bracing for contact. It's just, it's what everybody does. He didn't, it wasn't even one of those like truck stick type things, you know, that you see all across the NFL anyway, like those Runs get celebrated when somebody gets a truck stick in there, a highlight reel, runs them over and whatever. He wasn't really doing that. He just braced for contact, drove for an extra yard or two, and then both players usually get up after that. Uh, he It was a routine play. It was very normal. He did nothing out of the ordinary or malicious. I think he knows that, although it is hard because when you're on social media, I know – you skip past all the praise and you find those two comments that are somebody who's a troubled individual that decides to take it out on you and uh, hope, hope he has the opposite, you know, just uh, doesn't see any of that and sees the support that he has. And really, I mean, when you get support from DeMar's family, I think that's all that really matters in that. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you routine play freak thing and i really hope he's doing all right uh one of the other nice things that happened out of this was i found uh, a t higgins players tribune article i never read before uh called mama's boy and that was it was a really good read it was fascinating to you know see his history and what he's come from and just how he's become the man and football player that he is today it's Really cool. I encourage everybody to read it because I, I loved it. There, there's a couple things I want to get to. And obviously this is kind of a different podcast, as I mentioned before. Tomorrow is Thursday and we'll have a preview for the game that will be played on Sunday. Um, the Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, that game, they did announce it's going to be a 1 p.m. game. I'm going to start with Zach Taylor. Uh, I mentioned him already. Everybody knows what impact he – I feel like he did make. Um, you know, he's never a guy looking for praise or anything like that. And one thing I've always I've heard from Joe Burrow when the criticism was there is his praise and leadership of Zach Taylor and what he believes in was Zach Taylor. And one guy who's always around Zach Taylor when he's the offensive play caller and the head coach. And we're seeing more of that and just kind of the conversations that happened that night and the discussions of knowing, hey, this is a human being that he has to be with his player right now. And Zach Taylor did go to UC medical um, Monday night to go visit DeMar's family. What were some of, you know, your takeaways from Zach over the last 48 hours? Uh, standout human, standout person, awesome guy. It seemed like he, I know this, I'm not sure if it's hundred percent true, but it seemed like he and McDermott really led the charge on getting the players back into the locker room and, kind of also leading the charge on we can't play this game you know they especially of course you know Sean McDermott's gonna feel that way with everything that happened but 
Zach Taylor to have the empathy and the compassion and everything to just see this isn't right. You know, he had a few guys warming up. We don't know the whole situation. Did the NFL tell them to the referee maybe say, you know, or maybe it's just that's routine. They did it earlier with Tua. They just, you know, warm up and get back out there and you, you don't think about it, but he sees it and he's, it's not right. And has that conversation with uh, Sean McDermott and then to visit afterwards, everybody that's visiting afterwards, T Higgins going over there and um, shout out Jeff Ruby for catering some mm-hmm. meals for them. That's awesome. Just uh community's done a great job. And I think Zach Taylor led the way and was a true leader on the field, a leader of men. Uh, you can see why and how he's built such a great culture in Cincinnati in this moment. But yeah, my takeaway from that was it just fully reinforces oh man, play calling and all this other stuff. It's just so minuscule in importance to me, to, to the leadership and the camaraderie he get he builds the guy he is really that's i think what it is is just seeing zach taylor the person and all sides of that this week i think that has just solidified who he is as a man as a coach and why he's so successful I think this is going to be something we look back on for a lot of years on what Zach Taylor has done in Cincinnati and obviously Monday night football. Um, You know, just again, going back to the night and the fans and the city and the community, when you have a stadium packed and everyone's still in their seats and the players go in the locker room and you're like, you know what, if this game ends and this is over, we get it. We understand. Um, this game cannot be played and just kind of just seeing everybody looking around and just being absolutely in shock of what was happening. Um, because as I mentioned before, when you see an ambulance out there, you think the worst and it's a long time that someone is out there and you don't have a whole lot of updates. I just think of the city of Cincinnati, what I've seen, um, the, the blue lights everywhere, the, um, candle vigil that was happening last night at UC Medical, the Bengals and Bills fans coming together. We have this crazy relationship connection with the Buffalo Bills. It's unbelievable. And I just, I was like, I was just really proud of, of the fan base overall. Cincinnati fans, not even in Cincinnati. Um, just, just the support we, we really saw over 48 hours outside of the NFL. Cause that's incredible. But just with these two team teams alone, it was just amazing to see. <laughs> Speak of the Bengals-Bills connection, to see Andy and JJ donate, Andy and JJ Dalton to donate to the charity. It was just uh, warm, warm my heart that they, mm-hmm. I'm sure, remember what the Bills fans did for him, and he repaid that. And so cool. Not even a current Bengal, but just, you know, it's just how deep the ties run. You know, it's, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I I think Bengals fans, for the most part, have been very compassionate, very great. Um, I I have a minor gripe about the – I don't care about the seating. I I don't think this matters. I I need the Bengals fans to stop trying to say the game was over, 7-3, call it there, as if 
you're not getting the short end of the stick. The Bills player almost died. They're getting the short end of the stick. They're also losing the one seed if that game is ruled no contest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get it. You think the Bengals are going to win. It was a 7-3 game. The Bengals may have been driving. It was a 7-3 game. And the Bills got ball at halftime, and th- there's so much football left. I know the Bengals are a second-half team, all of that. Bills got the number one defense by DVOA in the second quarter and two and three in the third and fourth, but they're 20-something in the first. So it wasn't abnormal for them to go down and make a comeback. Um, I just, you know, just have have enough compassion to not – who cares? The Chiefs get the one seed. Who cares? It, my soapbox here is like we saw this Bengals team go on the road and take down Tennessee, go on the road and take down the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. If you don't think they can do that again, you're crazy. If you don't think they can – seeding doesn't matter. It would be cool to get one home playoff game at least just for the fans to get everything there, and it doesn't matter from there. If this this team can go on the road and win those games, the game and the seeding, they don't matter. This team can overcome that. If they can't beat those teams on the road, maybe they don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl. But I think they can. When I picked them to win the whole, when I picked them to win the whole thing, what was the reason? Because they can go on the road and do that. It doesn't. I didn't say well as long as they can avoid either Kansas City or Buffalo and play those games. At, no, who cares? Beat the best, and you are the best. If they are the best, they'll beat the best. That's all I'm going to say. Is we don't. The Bengals don't need. They don't need all the advantages to get in there. I hate the idea of giving Buffalo a loss in this game. And I hate more the idea of trying to play this game week 19 and giving every other team a bye. You get punished for a player almost dying. Everybody else gets a bye. You know why the one seed so coveted is because you get a bye. And now every team gets a bye except you. No, that's, that's bull crap too. I hate the idea of giving the bills a loss for this game. I don't care if the Bengals were leading or anything like that. The tragedy occurs what I think is the only reasonable outcome to me is no contest, terminate, t- tie, whatever. It's just that game doesn't count. That It was so early. It's like you think of baseball. They replay the games as long as it's not, what, the sixth inning or something. Same thing here. That wasn't the third quarter. That was the first quarter. We're not counting it. We're not – and they don't have time to replay it. So it's just no contest. I know the only winner in that situation is the Chiefs, but who cares? Joe Burrow's 3-0 against the Chiefs. If you don't think he could walk into Arrowhead and go 4-0, then you're crazy. I think he certainly could do that. So it is not important to get this two seed or the very off-ball chance that Jarrett Stidham gets them the one seed. Who cares? I, I think the most important thing is to care about DeMar, to care about you know what the Bills are going through, and to not be so callous about this. It's there's things way more important than playing that game and seeding. And I think we just need to understand that. So I'm, I'm sorry about the soapbox, but I appreciate you letting me rant. No, you're totally fine. I, I actually want to add on to that and, and we'll, we'll close this out soon. But um, I, yeah, the seeding conversation has obviously been a topic when you mentioned that a lot of people wanted to call the game at seven three. I mean, that's just, that wouldn't have, I would, I wouldn't feel right about that. That would make no the empathy of the other side. If, if like, I'm not going to use a name, but if a Bengals player has cardiac arrest on the field, but the Bills were up 7-3, are you okay taking a loss? No. No. That's the most ridiculous thing. That's kicking a person when they're down. It's just, oh, man, it's disgusting to me a little bit. That's why I wanted to bring it up. 
Well, if anything, I thought when it was seven to three, wow, we're going to get a good game. It's going to yeah. be you know. The Bills were moving. They, they were not getting stopped by the Bengals defense early. Uh, the only reason they got stopped was a drop. I, I legit, I legit looked at the person next to me when they were driving before their field goal, and I and we looked at each other and we're like, "We're this is going to be mad. This is going to be crazy. They're going to get they're gonna score every single time they go down the field. Nobody's <laughs> going to score." And we were ready for it because it seemed you know it was going to be crazy with the two offenses. It's what Monday Night Football wanted. Um, but no, all the all the seating conversation. I agree with you. Um, if you are a fan out there, if you're a Chiefs fan, um, obviously Bills fans. There's a lot going on right now. Bengals fans, and you are bringing up that. And you're like I said, a chief. Uh, we're the number two. We're the. It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Um, I personally don't think they're going to play that game or resume it. I no. don't know how you resume it. You have them come back to pay courts. It's, it's like you said the the other teams get an extra buy before the playoffs, and you're having these two teams face each other, and you're going to resume it in the first quarter. I, right, I just, where, right where he went down. Like yeah, I no. I think the way the way you heard Joe Burrow talk today, and he did say that they they are in the dark about everything right now. They do not know what is going to happen with that Bills game, but it was going to be a conversation. And what it sounds like, it's going to be happening over the next few days. It could be the 24 hours, but I have a feeling the NFL is going to make that decision before kickoff on Sunday. I don't think they're going to say, well, let's see the outcome of what happens in the Bengals-Ravens game. And oh, yeah, that's pretty Bills- that's, that's, that's pretty not disgusting. Happening. It's pretty that's disgusting. That's not happening. Like- well, if we can make a little money off this. No, play, I, like, I no. think there, there's a reason that they've announced that their discussions are finally happening is they're just being honest. The stuff is happening. It hasn't been announced since tonight. It hasn't been announced to Buffalo. Hopefully these two teams have a say, because I would say after hearing from Joe Burrow, it really sounds like he'd rather just not do that and just and just move along after this this game with the Baltimore Ravens and you get ready for your playoff game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a it, it's it's the playoffs all of that stuff. It's it when you get there you get there. It just just it, it's it was a life moment this week. I think it locked, knocked a lot of people down for a second to just say, "Well, there are bigger things going on. This sport is is pretty tough. My favorite sport in the whole entire world is pretty scary at that moment." And now we're we're were they're going back to practice. The Bills are back to, to their, you know, routine on Wednesday a little bit. I know that they didn't go full go or practice either. The Bengals just had a walk through. Unfortunately, they do have to go back to football. And not that they shouldn't be thinking about DeMar. Those should, he should still be in everybody's thoughts and prayers. And I think he's going to be. Um, and, you know, like Joe said, he said, I think if you were to ask some of the locker room in there, you know, there might be some guys in they're not ready to get back out there, but they know, you know, we kind of have to, um, with, with the, with their group game against the Ravens coming up. So it's just, it, I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, Tuesday felt very black, it was like a blur. It was, yeah. it was, it was really depressing. And I know things aren't all in the clear for DeMar yet, but that did not feel good at all. It felt, it felt, it felt, it felt like a really sad day yesterday. Um, never, never been on my phone more. Just kept hoping for an update or something. Yeah, I have the bills notifications on to my phone right now, just to hopefully get you know good updates and news and information and and hopefully I, again, we don't know it's social media and we're just hearing that there's improvement and you just hope for the best. Uh, I I know some people are like I've experienced this or I have a friend that's you just don't know. This is different. This is different. We don't know what we don't know until it's official, and we hear it from UC Medical. We hear it from Demar's family. Um, you you it's it's tough. I mean. We're getting back to football and 
everyone experienced something around around the world national nfl fans everyone um experienced a really sad situation on monday night and it was very unfortunate yeah last thing on the the scene i did love the idea of or at least like the idea of neutral game sites and i mean if it is cincinnati and buffalo i know Bengals fans have a distaste towards pittsburgh but why wouldn't you have it there you know, five hours or so from Cincinnati, three and a half hours from Buffalo, pretty midway point to Mars home city. And uh, the, the, you know, the zero point zero zero one percent reason is I would very easily be able to go to that game. <laughs> but no, why Cleveland? I don't know. I was so afraid you're going to say Cleveland. I was like, Please don't say Cleveland. No, no. I mean, I'm sure Bengals fans don't care Cleveland or Pittsburgh, both play. But uh, I, would know, go to I, I think it, I think it'd be so cool to have it in Demar's hometown. His whole family that you know probably normally can't make it to every game would be able mm-hmm. to go. Maybe you could donate some of the proceeds to his charity or something or of the sort. Heart health. I don't know. Just you know, I, I think there's an awesome situation there, and you can include the Chiefs in that because they could have lost. They shouldn't have the one seed technically that game couldn't really get played so maybe all three of those teams if they play they go to a neutral game site but i don't know that just my two cents on it was i i I saw that and i thought it was a cool idea it doesn't have to be pittsburgh but that does seem like the the idea you know it's it's where demar's from why why not allow him his whole family to come to the game uh in his hometown no, I absolutely love that idea. Um, it's starting to feel like I said to you before, I feel like all of these decisions will be made before we get to Sunday. It's already Wednesday as we're recording this. I, I do feel like we will hear something tomorrow or Friday because those are the outcomes you kind of need to know before you go into this game. Um, not really the division thing. It sounds like Cincinnati is going to win the AFC North no matter what, um, which if they didn't, they were going to play on the road in the first round. They're going to the postseason. All of that didn't really matter uh, when it comes to to the matchups or anything like that. The things you're hearing out there with the coin flips or the generators of a computer. <laughs> the I random number generator is the most not going to happen. crazy. It's not going to happen. Random.org deciding who hosts what playoff game would be the funniest, craziest NFL outcome I've ever seen. No, it won't happen. I mean, Pro Football Talk, this is a problem. Pro Football Talk tweeted that. And I was like, this is everybody's first problem when they're retweeting this. They're believing Pro Football Talk, um, <laughs> which you should never do. That's my advice. But yeah, I mean, all of that, it's 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 going to be, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out with everyone else. There's a lot of guessing on social media of, of how that's going to be determined. I truly agree with you. I think it's a no contest. I think that's the right decision. There's no, there's no point in these two teams trying to play each other before the playoffs. It's just... It's it's not it shouldn't happen. Um, get their week eighteen game over. Um, it's already going to be emotional enough getting out there on Sunday, and then you have that week break before the playoffs start. So that's all that's all we have on this podcast today. Um, I know you mentioned already on the show Demar Hamlin's foundation. You can find the GoFundMe. I promise if you search Twitter, you can see Chasing M Foundation, the toy drive that was already $6 million. I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up tomorrow and it's $7 million. A lot of NFL players, celebrities, um, fans around the NFL are all donating. It's it's really, really cool to see. And as we've mentioned before, we're hoping for good updates on Damar Hamlin. And uh, hopefully he gets to see what the world is uh, is doing is doing for him and, and, and all this money that they're raising for his foundation. Because... Um, he really does seem like a great guy. Yep. Hopefully Nick 
can get that link in the show notes. Um, he's awesome. So we trust him. Um, Me too. <laughs> if not, if I don't see the link in the show notes, it was Nick. It wasn't us. Uh, <laughs> but... No, and we'll, and we'll link it. We'll link it to the pod. Um, yep, link yeah. Link it to the pod underneath the pod, wherever we promote it. Just, you know, if you have the means, it's, it's yeah. doing a small thing that makes a big difference. Yep. And, and as always, we appreciate you listening. I know this is a late episode. As I mentioned before the show, we decided to wait a couple days and then definitely wanted to talk about everything that's kind of going on right now. Uh, but thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll be back tomorrow for a little preview of Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you as always for listening. And as a reminder, make sure you're just keeping Damar Hamlin and his family in your prayers.